Emergency podcast, guys. Peter Bendix is Peter Bendix in, baby. Overnight, well, early morning for us in the UK, the Marlins swing a trade with the Oakland A's and they acquire utility man Jonah Bride, the byproduct of this. Jordan Groshans spoke about him last week. For me, he was on the roster bubble, has been DFA'd. Emergency podcast. This is Locked on Marlins. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome. Good morning to everyone. This is an emergency podcast. I am your host, <laughs> Peter Pratt. Hit me up at Miami Marlins underscore UK. If you're listening to the pod, of course, hit subscribe and leave a review. This is your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Marlins your first listen. This will be a first listen. No doubt about it. Um, there is a YouTube channel as well, guys. Make sure you hit subscribe over on the YouTube as well. And if you are benefiting from the YouTube uh, graphics package right now, you have the rundown. The rundown is there's a trade, a trade alert. The Marlins have swung a trade. So we're going to talk about Jonah Bride and what it means for Jordan Groshans. Uh, so tons to get into on this emergency morning podcast. Looking forward to this one. This episode is brought to you by our good friends over at uh, FanDuel. So you can make every moment more. New customers join today and get $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, just visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. And where are we starting? We are starting right at the top. The Marlins make a move. They acquire Jonah Bright. Great name, firstly. So that's a big tick in, uh, <laughs> in the box for me. Equally, a relatively easy to pronounce name. Another tick in the box for this. Uh, this host of this podcast that seems to be thrown up with all sorts of tricky names. Not this one, Jonah Bride. Unless someone's going to tell me that it's Jonah Bride or something crazy, but <laughs> I don't know. Um, so the Marlins acquired Jonah Bride, the deal with the A's, so a trade with the A's. Uh, it was for cash consideration, so no player going back the other way to the A's. Uh, we don't know the amount of cash that was exchanged. Gut feel is a limited amount, a dollar maybe, I don't know. Um, but a limited amount considering Jonah Bride uh, was was on uh, waivers at this point, recently DFA'd. And so the Marlins swing a deal with the A's to acquire Jonah Bride. Firstly, he was DFA'd by the A's. Uh, I believe they must have signed, did they sign a pitcher recently? So I guess their 40-man was full, so Jonah Bride had to go. Um, so he was on the 40-man, DFA'd. The interesting part here is, does he have any minor league options? That's the first thing I thought. It's like, man, if the A's are DFA'ing this dude, maybe he's, just, he's not going to make the 26-man. But no, Jonah Bride, he actually has a one-year remaining, uh, one minor league option year remaining. And so from a Marlins perspective, you look at this one and think, Okay, great. If there's something you like in this stick, in this profile, and maybe the, the defensive versatility, 
then you have the flexibility too to acquire him for cheap, very cheap in theory, and then have the flexibility to uh, start him down at the minor leagues. We'll see. I mean, there's no reason why Jonah Bride absolutely can't have a good spring and make the roster out of opening day. Like there's spots available. And so that's the trade in itself. Cash considerations to the A's for Jonah Bride, who was on waivers with one minor league option year remaining. You still following me? I think you are. You've got it. All right. What does this mean for the Marlins? 40 man, no players going the other way. So they didn't clear a player in the trade. What meant what had to happen then with the 40 man being full was that Jordan Groshans is then the corresponding move, who was then DF8. So Jordan Groshans, let's remind ourselves, he was acquired as part of the Anthony Bass and Zach Pop deal at the deadline in 2022. Former first-round pick. Uh, I remember doing an emergency pod about that trade. Um, you know, Kim moving on a couple of relievers to pick up a guy that, you know, fit maybe a, a near-term need for the Marlins at that moment in time. When you think about at that stage, there was like limited amounts of, of infield depth knocking around. These were the days of like Charles LeBlanc was a stud. Is it LeBlanc or LeBlanc? But Charles LeBlanc was a stud. We were all hoping on him. Miggy Rowe was like still holding it down. And, but it was clear that like they were missing some infield pieces. And so Jordan Groshans acquired. And at that point, it was like, great. There's a guy here that, that could be relatively big league ready and step up maybe even in 2023 with Jordan Groshans. So he was acquired. That was, I think, the plan. But the from a Marlins perspective and with Jordan Groshans in particular, when I look back at the start of last offseason, yeah, there was before, it was preseason last year. There was a Kim Ang presser. It was virtual. So I dialed into it. Equally, Eli Sussman was on the call. I remember Eli asking Kim Ang directly on that, that call about the roster construction in terms of the 40-man. Because at that point, Amaya was there. Um, so was Jordan Groshans on the roster. Uh, obviously, John Birdie was on the roster. Xavier Edwards was probably on the roster too. Like Eli was calling out to Kim that it looks like you've got a lot of the same kind of dudes. And how, you know, is that the best use of roster? I'm paraphrasing, but that's kind of where Eli was going with it. And I think really from a Marlins perspective, they acquired a bunch of dudes. And I think the plan was, we hope that one pops. We need one to pop. Like which one of these dudes can ascend? And then we'll kind of manage the fallout from that. I believe that was the plan. From a Marlins perspective, uh, and, you know, from Kim Ang's perspective, but, you know, she isn't here anymore. But the that plan didn't really deliver the fruits that maybe they'd hoped. I don't know, expected. I mean, listen, you're picking up Groshans, who's basically a flamed prospect by that point. You're picking up a Maya that, you know, could be big league ready, but there was definitely question marks. Xavier Edwards too. Like there's question marks there about the defense, the defensive um, uh, ability equally, like from a stick perspective too, in some ways. So you're picking up these dudes and you just hope the one pops. We're in a situation now, guys, where we're like, you know, 18 months on from Jordan Groshan's being acquired. 
um, and further guys being acquired like a year ago too. The Marlins have a desperate need at shortstop. And frankly, we're all looking around going, we need to look outside the organization. And so as soon as that started happening, I spoke about it on the pod maybe earlier last, I think it was last week, if I recall correctly. The everyday is you let me know when I was talking about this. Me and Sean Barrett were talking about it around free agent acquisitions, starting to work out, okay, if you make a move, who's going to be squeezed from the roster? And from an offensive standpoint, I was looking at it. I was pretty certain that Jordan Groshans would be the first guy that would be squeezed because frankly, right now, Groshans, it's got to a situation where he hasn't taken a step forward. He's actually probably taken a step backwards. And really at this point, you know, he he, he shouldn't really be on the 40 man. I, f- I feel like that that could be used better, particularly considering the guys that are on there. So the point is they, they can't continue to carry six shortstops on the 40 man. They need to diversify that a touch. And, you know, that's kind of where we're up to, where Groshans, you know, let's let's kind of look back at his his minor league season last year. And really, you know, it was really disappointing, to be honest with you. When you look at, you know, a full body of work, nearly 530 plate appearances, um, you know, and hits 244, OBP of 339, you know, six home runs, 60 RBIs, okay, 66 walks, 92, like an OPS though of 669. It's just really underwhelming, to be honest with you. Really, really underwhelming. Um, and and really, you know, pick, you know, came into it was, was selected in the first round out of high school. And when you look, you know, early on in his like 2018, 2019 area, like things were definitely trending in the right direction. The COVID break, then he comes back in 2021, a double A, has a decent, no, a good year, I would say, a a double A in 2021. But then from 2022 kind of onwards, things just haven't really gone his way and haven't really worked out and hasn't been able to really kind of, you know, translate his talent to the field. And so from a Marlins perspective, we're looking at it and we're going, okay, you've got Jordan Groshans. just the numbers just don't add up here at this point. And you just think, could use the spot elsewhere? So that's what the Marlins have done. Like from a Jordan Groshans perspective, he underwhelmed last year. The pressure was on, he underwhelmed. And the, the, the roster needs a little bit more diversification away from just let's get five potential shortstops and hope one pops. As soon as the Marlins, like I mentioned, have already looked externally and are looking externally from their, for their shortstop of the future, that's what we're hearing. Anyway, that says to me that that experiment or that methodology has not worked, and thus there's going to be collateral damage in that space. Because by the Marlins doing that, they're acknowledging that the guys on the 40-man right now are never likely to get to the level maybe that they had hoped or intended or wanted. So that's the reason that Jordan Groshans has been DFA'd. We'll see if he clears waivers. Eli Sussman on that point noted, and I think this is a really good point from Eli. He makes he always makes really good points, but the point he was making was the timing of this is interesting because the waiver uh, window is seven days. The 60-day IL opens up in just over seven days. And so this is like the perfect optimal timing to DFA someone that you hope to um, retain within the organization. Because effectively, 
this is the time when the rosters are at their peak in terms of maxed out. No, no one really has any spots available because you know they're carrying all their guys on the six you know that may go to the 60 day IL from a, a Marlins perspective, like clearly Sandy Algandra being one of them. I don't know what they'll do with Sixto Sanchez, for example, but that could be another possibility where they could, in in theory, do that. So they can't do that right now. They don't have that option. And so Eli called it out, and it's the right point that the Marlins' timing is perfect for this one. And so most likely, in my opinion, Jordan Groshans will pass through waivers. The question will be, do the Marlins look to move him anyway? Could he be moved does anyone see any value in Jordan Groshans? He still he still has minor league options remaining, so it's not a must-be-on-the-roster situation. Um, but, yeah, I think there's a really good point from Eli there, and we'll see what happens with Groshans. We're going to talk about Jonah Bride in more detail because this is a Jonah Bride emergency podcast. He's the one that's been acquired and the one that we should be getting excited about. But the question is, how excited are we about this uh, Jonah Bride acquisition? And what does he bring to the Marlins? Uh, before we do that, this episode is brought to you by, and it, it's it's an ad that is back. One of our guys that are back, and it's iBorder. iBorder are back in town, guys. This is the perfect ad as well, because um, New Year for many people means resolutions to save money. So stop shopping without getting anything in return. Start getting cash back on every purchase you make with iBorder. iBorder is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. So you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. The average iBorder user earns 145 bucks per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. Buy that flight you've been eyeing, that game you've been dying to go to, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. It is Valentine's soon, by the way, so just noting that one. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With iBorder, just add your offers in the app, upload your receipt, and you get real cash that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. Join the over 50 million savers and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, iBorder is offering our listeners. Five bucks just for trying the iBorder app by using the code locked on when you register. Wow, what an offer. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free iBorder app to start earning cash back and use the code locked on MLB. That's I B O T T A for iBorder in the Google Play or App Store and use the code locked on MLB. All right, guys, back here with me, Peter Pratt, on an emergency podcast. The Marlins have made a trade with the A's and acquired Jonah Bride. He was on waivers, having recently been DFA'd, but the Marlins see value, make a move, cash considerations, and he does have that all-important minor league option uh, available. So, Jonah Bride. Why Jonah Bride? Firstly, this trade dropped. It dropped overnight for me. I actually was awake. Um, my son isn't feeling well. And so I was up kind of looking after him. Made the mistake. This wasn't a mistake this time, but I made the mistake of like opening my phone, just like checking out Twitter. It's autopilot, isn't it, with Twitter? You just kind of open it and see what's going on. You're trying to like be patched into the news. 
think we're all expecting some Marlins moves soon. And what did I get this morning through the wee hours? I got a trade, a trade drop. Um, it's dropped that late that like even Craig Mish hasn't reported this one. So Craig's snoozing. He's on the armchair asleep. <laughs> but the Marlins swing this deal and they get Jonah Bright. Okay, so who is this dude and why have they traded for him? Well, the first, the other first thing I'd say is I was slightly nervous when I realized that the Marlins are acquiring a guy that the A's have seen no value in on their 40-man roster or see, saw greater value elsewhere. For many, many others, that would be a huge red flag because the A's, I believe anyway, are projected to be the worst team in baseball quite significantly in 2024. And they see no value and no role for this guy. Whereas the Marlins, off the back of a postseason run, and still kind of projected to be in and around 500, which means like there's no reason why they couldn't make it back to the postseason, uh, have then acquired this dude. It, it does seem a touch odd in some ways, but this is exactly the type of move you expect to see from a Peter Bendix-run organization, isn't it? Isn't this just Bendix ball? It is. You know, scooping up dudes that other clubs don't see value in, but Bendix sees the whole picture. He can just see the numbers. He can realize that Jonah Bright, whilst he hasn't been successful at the big league level, he's just been unlucky. He hits the ball hard. He's been unlucky. It's possible that he can turn it around. So I, this is definitely the first like true Bendix ball move uh, for a guy that was like drafted by the A's like late round, like round 24 or something, 23. He's been in the organization for a while. You know, a couple of spells up at the big league level, way underperformed. One home run off Garrett Cole, by the way. So that's the interesting one is like maybe saves his, 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 um, his A game for the best, the best pitchers maybe. Or sometimes that proves that sometimes you just run into one. I don't know. Um, but I think the really interesting thing with, with Jonah Bride and why you know, why this kind of swap for Groshans is important. Is Jonah Bride's versatility or is, from a, a defensive positional standpoint, his ability to play third base. And I think that's certainly something that, you know, the Marlins have been thinking about because you've got Jake Berger there and beyond Jake Berger, like, it's a bit limited. I know Birdie can go over there, but maybe Birdie's going to have to play more of a role at short. Like, it's all interconnected. Maybe Bruhan can play there, maybe Edwards, but they need some depth. They need some depth, like from a third base standpoint. And Jonah Bride, I think, fits that profile of depth. Um, when you look at like his offensive production, um, you know what what really stands out is the dude. I mean, the, the dude's twenty seven right now, so he's old by prospect status. I mean, seems like we've got a few of these. We the Marlins have been talking about Troy Johnston forever. Um, I was talking about Tristan Gray uh, on yesterday's episode. And now you've got Jonah Bride. Like, these are all like, you know, old prospects in many ways. And, you know, he's 27, will be 28 this season. But when you look at like last year, for example, half a year in AAA, you know, he's hitting over 300. He's got a 976 OPS, 13 home runs. You know, 
that's the difference from a Jordan Groshans that, you know, that's significantly better than Jordan Groshans' numbers. Significantly better. And you go back to 2022 and you think, okay, what happened? Was it just a one-off? Well, in 2022, you know, I mean, it was across multiple levels, but overall, he hit 342 across three different levels. Um, you know, less less home runs, but less plate appearances in that time. He was OPSing at the minor league level in 2022, over a thousand. The problem is, is that that got him the call to the big the big club in 22. He then goes on to hit 204 with an OPS of 548. That just shows the levels matter, right? One home run against Garrett Cole, already mentioned. Spent quite a bit of time as well. Uh, last season up with the big club as well. Hit 170 with an OPS of 490. No home runs. So, you know, it just shows you, right? These, when I look at Jonah Bride's numbers, you know, it, it's... It's an extreme one, but one that you should look at where because Troy Johnston, for example, has, has had a great AAA season, it it doesn't directly translate to the big club. It doesn't. And the most likely situation is you see a Jonah Bride situation where you hit 300 and then you go to the big club and you hit 180 and everything that has been there in a AAA disappears. We've seen it time and again, over and over and over and over. The level from AAA to MLB level is is wide and continues to grow, continues to get wider. So hard to make that transition and be effective. So what do the Marlins see in Jonah Bright? I think they see a guy that really profiles for them um, higher upside than Groshans, frankly. The defensive versatility is there. He hasn't shown really anything. The numbers don't show anything at the big league level for him with the A's in the two seasons that he's um, that he's been on the roster. But one thing, and this was something that Kyle Seelaf shared, I don't know the source of where he got this information, but it was like a, a segment of an article. And what it called out in there was the fact that Jonah Bride has been hugely unlucky. His BABIP numbers were like crazy low. His exit velocity, average exit velo was like pretty high, pretty decent. His ISO was like minuscule. It all, you, you all pull it together and think there's been a lot of, you know, uh, you know, you just need, maybe need fortune to go your way and things could and should turn for Jonah Bride. And so I think that's the encouraging part. The minor league numbers are sexy. We can't get away from that. We don't want to get away from that. The minor league numbers pop off the screen. Miles better than Jordan Groshans, albeit he's quite a few years older. The versatility and the need at third is real. Makes sense. He has a minor league option. So he adds depth within the organization onto the 40-man, not just on the opening day roster. It maybe gives the Marlins, if things go great, it maybe gives the Marlins an ability to, you know, use... Uh, Jake Berger in a slightly different role. We'll see how things play out. Like there's still off season to go and there's still moves to make. So we don't quite know how this roster will fully shake up. But, you know, it does give them that opportunity if all of a sudden Jonah Bride like looks amazing and they think, hey, listen, we're going to roll with this dude at third and move Jake Berger into more of a DH spot, then so be it. It's it's a no risk, low risk situation. The only collateral damage is Jordan Groshans. And they've taken a maybe a calculated risk in some ways 
to DFA him right now when everyone's roster is at their absolute max anyway. So the likelihood of Jordan Groshans being acquired or claimed is like really low at this point. So this is the ultimate like zero risk situation for the Marlins. Um, and, and listen, overall, like as we piece this all together and we look at, you know, the picture heading into spring, like there's a lot of guys here that that have some upside. They have a ceiling. They, you know, they have some upside to shoot for and they don't, they haven't yet reached that. And there's also some right now because of the lack of moves made, there's some jobs to be, to be, you know, taken. There's no reason why Jonah Bride can't rock into spring and win a job. Spoke about it on yesterday's episode. There's no reason why Tristan um, Gray can't rock in and, and win a job. I do think the Vidal Bruhan trade means that like one of the bench spots was already like, he, that's kind of inked in, I think, for Bruhan. I, I, I think he's making the roster as soon as they made that trade. Bruhan's going to be on the roster. So whether it's in a starting role, don't know. The question then comes is, does Xavier Edwards make the roster or do they prefer Xavier Edwards to um, be down at a, a AAA to start the year? getting more reps. This is all part of it too. But for me, you look at it and you think Xavier Edwards should be on the roster by his production last year and his talent, in my opinion. Bruhan's going to be on there. Um, you know, so then you're thinking about, you know, what's happening in the outfield, who who can kind of be that outfield um, replacement guy. Is it going to be Avi Garcia? Probably it is because Avi looks like he's going to be around. So, you know, there are jobs to to, to be fought for. But as you look at things right now, know what we know right now, it doesn't feel like there's a ton of jobs to win, to be honest with you. Um, but we'll see. There's trades to be made and there's moves to be made. Um, overall, I think with this one, it is the ultimate low-risk trade. It's probably the least risky trade I've ever seen in the history of trades. Like, this is a win for the Marlins. Naturally, there's a red flag around it thinking, well, how have the A's let this dude go when like their roster's full of holes already? Like if the A's don't see value, then why do the Marlins? But like I mentioned, that is that is pure Bendix ball. I mean, that is that is Peter Bendix in a nutshell and the Rays in a nutshell where they they find value where others do not. Final ads, then we'll get out of here. This episode is brought to you, of course, by our good friends over at FanDuel, and happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate. This is America's number one sports book. Uh, if you're like me, Super Bowl is all about scoring the best seat on the couch and grabbing your favorite football snacks and placing some super bets. Yes, sir. Plus the commercials, plus the halftime show, plus the game itself. <laughs> um, FanDuel has so many ways to end the season with a dub or two or three. I absolutely, I can just see the Chiefs taking this one personally. Um, I'm interested to know where you guys are leaning, but I can absolutely see the Chiefs taking it. A lot of buzz around the 49ers and Brock Purdy and all that kind of stuff, but I don't know. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, they've kind of been there, done it. Feels like the defense turns it on. They get creative, so we'll wait to see. Uh, but any, anyway, not only can you bet on Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel has bets for players that will score TDs, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers join today. You get $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, just visit fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with Fanduel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, guys, wrapping up here on this emergency podcast. 
on a Wednesday morning. So you end up with a double episode uh, coming on a Wednesday. But there's a trade. It's an emergency pod. The Marlins have acquired someone. There should be buzz. The buzz is limited. But has Peter Bendix done another one? Has he unearthed another stud from the scrap heap? Jordan Groshans is the collateral damage. He hasn't done enough. But I think the Marlins have timed this well, and Jordan Groshans will likely remain in the organization unless they look to move him in a separate deal. But for, for the Marlins, they acquire some versatility. They're, they acquire a guy that has nothing left to prove at the minor league level. He's done it all. His numbers are insane. The big league, big league numbers, less so. Less compelling. But if you dig a layer deeper, he's been unlucky. If the luck turns, have the Marlins found a serviceable bat that can play third base, that can add some depth to the 26-man when needed in 2024? Thanks for joining me on Lockdown Marlins and making Lockdown Marlins your first listen. I've been Peter Pratt, and we'll be back tomorrow uh, with a an arbitration discussion. I want to talk arbitration and the process. I also have a nice episode coming up on Friday, which is with the pitching prospect of the Marlins, Carson Milbrand. So look out for that one. That's a, a fun conversation. Dig into Carson's draft experience his first experience, uh, full year experience anyway, and what he's expecting uh, or hoping to achieve in 24, plus some off-the-field elements too, including cooking. (laughs) So stay, stay tuned for that one, guys. Look forward to seeing you real, real soon.